Let's get to it. Picture me living. www.picturemeliving.store. And I am rolling this back literally from the last episode because, like I said, um, and I think I'm going to put it in this exact order too, um, simply because I want to do travel, lifestyle, travel, lifestyle, travel, lifestyle, travel, lifestyle as much as I can. I'm not going to kill myself trying to keep that order, but each episode is much as possible is going to be travel episode, lifestyle episode, travel, lifestyle episode, and uh, as feasible as I can make it. Obviously, I just talked about how I got to be passionate. So if it's been a couple weeks and I ain't, you know, pump out an episode, then I am definitely going to break my rule of, you know, swapping it out like that. And I do have way more lifestyle topics than than travel. So I don't think it's going to stay like that. But to start off, we're going to do travel lifestyle and just go from there. So today's lifestyle, perfectly imperfect topic is emotional discipline. Emotional discipline. So y'all know what Picture Me Living is. Let's do a little brief overview. Picture Me Living, www.picturemeliving.store. Picture Me Living is a movement. It was created to inspire and motivate, not just in the mode of vacations, but as a means of creating memories with your loved ones. Pictures create lifelong memories that we can mesmerize over in the years to come. Whether you're taking international flights or an epic road trip with family, you are living. One of my fears, and I know I said we weren't going to talk about travel, but one of my fears, matter of fact, let's go over a couple of them. One of my fears with business and would put my um, very small percentage of my life on the internet. 3% of my life is on the internet. The other 97% is not believe it or not uh you know people people put just the good for a reason it's it's a fucking picture you can't think too deep into a picture it's a picture that's supposed to remind you of a moment in time and I definitely have some memories picture memories that were we lost our luggage but I'm I'm finna smile in this picture anyway but it don't show how TSA got cussed the fuck out for 47 minutes straight. Um, picture the, A picture is not going to tell you people's life story, man. Stop reading too deep into people's lives from a picture. Perfectly imperfect. And one of my struggles was just that. Like, people are going to read way too deep into this. I don't want to share anything. I have an uncle, my mother's brother, that... uh. Hadn't talked to any of the family in about 25 to 30 years. And uh, I totally understand why. Because people will see you post a picture and immediately call you and ask you for $40. People will see you post something and just assume that you're good. Just make a horrible assumption that you are good. 
And I was like, nah, I just, I want to be private like my Uncle David, man. If he listening to this, man, I would love to talk to you. I used to have resentment, but I totally understand. <laughs> I understand the fuck out of him now. Like, bruh, just disappear, man, and just live your life, man. People make life way more difficult than it should be. But I'm fighting through that. I'm, I'm still going to post my pictures and I'm still going to live my life. And we're going to talk about on, on the evolution of this podcast, what makes life so challenging. And uh, that was one of the challenges with business. I was just like, yo, I really don't want to post perfect pictures all the time. As far as the podcast, what held me up with the podcast is... um. Is this is actually very difficult to start, by the way. Very difficult. It's not as simple as it sounds. You can't just get a podcast starter kit off Amazon. I did actually. They do have those and they're horrible. They don't work. Don't do that. Zones do that. Um it it takes a lot of lost money and a lot of lost time and effort to start a podcast. So that's what the hold up was, but it was also, man, don't nobody want to hear my voice. Don't nobody want to see past the pictures. They just like the pictures, you know. I got past all that. Man, I feel so liberated getting past all that. Y'all just don't understand. So emotional discipline. I feel like discipline is a learned behavior. It's not something that we're born with. We're born with our, you know, looks our genetics but we are not born with the ability to say no to a piece of cake when we really want a piece of cake we're not born with that discipline Mm-mm. emotional discipline is a big thing in my life because i didn't realize how much i had my emotions in check until uh you know, my, my self-awareness around 2017, I just used to, I actually thought something was wrong with me. Why am I not crying all the time? Why am I not arguing with people all the time? Why do I let stuff slide? It's not that. It's that I really learned how to control my emotions. Um, I don't have a lot going for me, but that's one thing that I do. That's one thing that I could actually teach a class on how to control your emotions. And it's way easier said than done. This is something that um, came from growing up with granny. It came from growing up in a church. And when I say growing up with granny, like I, I got smacked for even asking questions that I know she probably thinks that that's a uh, that is a uh, pat on the back. It's actually not. I should have actually been taught to express myself a little bit more. But uh, I couldn't ask any questions, actually, growing up. So gr- growing up like that, where you couldn't ask any questions, growing up in the church where you're supposed to forgive everybody and turn the other cheek. And, you know, when you grow up like that, you do kind of grow up with a little bit of a uh, discipline emotionally. You've been taught to, and this isn't a good thing. That's why I, that's really why I wanted to point that out. Yeah, I do got that check in the box, but sometimes that's a bad thing. Instead of addressing things, I will not actually. I go in the opposite direction, like my uncle David, and I won't talk to you. <laughs> and I'm just gonna be happy over here by myself, you know. 
And while my uncle David has mastered being alone, um, I don't want I don't want that. So I have learned, you know, conflict resolution over the years. Emotional discipline. So I'm recording this on March. What What is this? March 19th. And if you're in the Atlanta area, if you follow the shade room, actually, um, you've heard about an incident. I'm not going to speak on it. And this is another struggle that I've had with starting a podcast. Um, I'm going to have a moral ground with what I talk about. I'm not going to bully people. I'm not going to talk about things when all the facts aren't out. And if I have a guest that chooses to do so, that's fine. But me personally, it, my conversation could probably get boring if I'm, I'm not finna come over. I'm not finna gossip. Not finna do that. Mm-mm. But if you've heard about the incident recently in Atlanta, uh, details are emerging of a violent incident that, uh, tragic, fatal incident that took a young lady's life and more details are coming out. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The details, I'm not on any side. I don't feel like any loss of life should have occurred. And uh, I wasn't there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I wasn't there and I really wish that I had a time machine so that we could change that and so that she could still be here with her kids. No kid should um have to deal with that. So anyway, emotional discipline, man. I've been around people that don't really have their emotions in check. And so I feel like I can speak on this because of my ability to go in the corner and, and cry and deal with stuff and not openly cry in the middle of a fucking wedding where everyone's supposed to be happy. You crying because your shoelace ain't tied correctly. Like, girl, calm down. Check your emotions at the door. Um, Lashing out, man. That's a big one. Everyone's not raised the same. What I mean by that, and I know people are like, we know that, Trey. We know that. We know that. What I mean by that, you may have been raised in an environment where you could speak your mind. You could say, I do not like tuna helper. Mother, I know you made this. I don't like tuna helper. I will be going in the refrigerator and I will make a salad, not eating this. And your mom was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to allow you to express yourself. Trey Cherie wasn't raised like that. If we had tuna helper, that's what the fuck I was eating. And I wasn't about to say anything. If I decided to say something, um, I I wasn't going to see the world until next week. Because that's where I was going to be slapped into next week. And you could call that cruel or whatever. That's just, you know, the slave mentality. That's uh, I, I totally understand my grandmother a lot better. We've had conversations about this. That's the slave mentality that was whole nother podcast topic that um the majority just doesn't understand a lot about us so that's why that's a whole nother podcast topic and i hope that i could reach the majority the way that i've reached people that i work with by explaining um a lot of things that we go through and that's why our parents were the way that they were because that's how they were raised because that's all they knew was getting their ass beat And they didn't know how to talk things out 
they didn't know proper conflict resolution with kids. So we got spankings a lot when it wasn't really necessary. Um, I think it is fair for a child to say, I don't like tuna helper. Um, it's not fair for a child to say, what else you finna fix me? Okay. No, no, no. Um, this is what I prepared. So you can either go to bed hungry, but there are other options. You can fix yourself something. You're big enough to go in there and do the dishes after yourself or whatever. Um, luckily my kid ate everything as a little baby. I, I know it's parents out there that are struggling with kids that only eat chicken tenders and mashed potatoes, man. My kid ate everything. So I don't have any tips for that. I'm going to have to have somebody else on the um parenting episode for picky eaters but i know that when i was growing up it wasn't no picky eaters in the projects you ate what the fuck was on the table uh everyone's not raised the same so what does that have to do with conflict resolution treasury well those parents that explain to the kids you know you can go get a salad you can go in there instead of eating this tuna helper those individuals were taught different methods of conflict resolution. I wasn't. Um, I was raised in an environment where the resolution of conflict was violence. That is all that I knew. That is literally all that I knew. So what do you think is going to happen when that individual grows up that told a mama no to the tuna helper runs into me as a grown up? And we have a conflict. So you see, you see where I'm going with this conversation. Um, you have to keep that in mind. You definitely have to keep that in mind. I was a victim of online bullying recently in like 2020. I mean, it probably still going on. I unfollowed the person and uh, blocked them. And my friends know not to show me anything that this person posts. But uh, that is a prime example. Like, let me run to the Internet and post memes let me do this because i'm not having my way and i can't control my emotions and i i my emotions are outside they're not inside so because they're outside and because i'm active on social media let's combine this and post a meme well treasury wanted to get in her car and drive and whoop this bitch ass uh that is my conflict resolution (laughs) and it's not it's not the best i absolutely agree with that but uh i think the point is not to start stuff with people i think that's the point that i'm trying to make um you can't assume that everyone resolves conflict the same way as you mind you 37 year old treasury is totally different when i joined the navy um that's all that i knew And I joined the Navy, which is this huge, diverse group of people. Luckily for the Navy (laughs) and for me, uh, Granny traveled a lot, like I said, to California. We drove a lot of places and I saw other races because, you know, Atlanta is all black, 98 percent black. Always has been my whole life. And um, when I say I joined the Navy and... I was more shocked at the other races that I was brought to 
that I was introduced to, I should say. I was more shocked at the um, Latinos and uh, Asians. There was a young lady, we called her A13, because she had 13 letters in her last name. And uh, she was from the Middle East. And I just never seen, you know, that was that was what was shocking to me, actually. And then when you put all these people in the room, some people was crying at night. We used to, girl, shut the fuck up. We got we got to do this in the morning. Shut up. And it was like so many different personalities on top of so many different um, attitudes and conflict resolutions. Right. Um, people compare their Navy experience to other people's college experience. The Navy experience was so dynamic because of that, because you can go to a HBCU you're not going to get much diversity. Like we were diverse at 18 years old. We were thrust into this party lifestyle, this traveling lifestyle at 18 years old. And the first disagreement that I had on board the USS Theodore Roosevelt, this individual came up. We had a disagreement about who was in this small ass space, who was going to be in the small ass space first. And I was tired. I had worked for over 20 hours Girl, I just want to go in there and get my soap so I can go in there and uh, take a quick shower. I want to get my shower shoes and just it's just a little box that I have that's set up for this schedule. I just want to go grab it real quick. And she called me a black bitch and I punched that bitch in the face. We didn't talk about anything. There's nothing to talk about. Once you say those words to me, there's there's no hooting and hollering. I, don't got, I ain't got to put my hand in your face. I ain't got to mush you. I don't have to do any of that. And she was, everybody around me was completely shocked that that was my response to that. And my response to their response was how else was I supposed to respond? Um, I mean, y'all could laugh at that, but how, how else? I still don't understand how else I'm supposed to respond to that. However, um, after a few more incidences like that, <laughs> they sent me to anger management and stress management and I realized, you know, you can count to 10. We could talk it out. We can calm down. We could talk. Those weren't options in the projects. I had a problem with you. I heard you've been talking shit about me. Okay, let's meet up and we finna handle this. And if we not finna handle it, this um assault rifle is going to handle it. And I knew that that wasn't the answer growing up. I've always been a tad bit smarter than... And I'm not going to say the people around me because you got to be real smart to be a hood businessman. That's what that's what I'm going to call them for now. You got to be very economically smart. But uh, you got to be real smart to have several baby mamas like, bruh, you need to go ahead and go to real estate class if you can goddamn juggle that. But um, anyway, that was that was a conflict resolution that I saw. And that was the only conflict that. People had around me, my family, they argued, but they argued over trauma or traumatic experiences. Um, But over regular shit, like I heard you was talking about me behind my back. Those those were fights. They weren't arguments online. They weren't disputes and text messages like they were actual physical violence. And that is why if you don't have your emotional intelligence in check, you could run up on somebody like that. Uh, one of my friends had a um, instance of a uh, road rage where they cussed somebody out. I mean, from A to Z, just 
I, I wish they was here to tell this story right now because they tell it way better than me, which is odd because he still has an anger issue. But <laughs> he had an issue with his like nine year old son in the car and was cussing this dude out, got out of the car. I mean, just was blinded by anger. Some people really get blinded. I mean, I do, too. I get blinded by anger, too. It's, it's natural. But he got out of the car. That blind anger walked up to this man's car and this man had his gun cocked and loaded. And he thought, damn, I'm really finna lose my life over a, a merging lane in front of my son. Like, wow. Um, I'm I'm very thankful that that individual in that car, I think the individual in the car also thought I'm finna lose out on time with my family because I don't want to talk. I don't want to argue. I just got off work. I'm tired. Yeah, I cut this person off in traffic and I was wrong. But if he take one more step. And when the person told me that story, I was like, you know, I could see both sides, but I mainly see his side. And maybe that's why I don't hop my stupid ass out of the car <laughs> yelling at people because I, I'm 75 percent on his side. You run up on me. I'm ready. Um. I think that we need to keep that in mind when we're choosing conflict with people. And uh, when we are, trust me, you're choosing conflict with people. If you have a problem with this conversation, you're probably choosing conflict. And it's probably a therapist that needs to step in to to answer the questions of why are you consistently in conflict with people? Expressing, Expressing emotion uncontrollably. I mean, I'm all for expressing emotion, man. I'm I'm really here for it with my son. I talk to him about it all the time. But there are there are times that he tried me. He'd be like, "Oh, you finna make that, Bruh, You can go to bed hungry, cause what you not about to do is question me and I pay the bills and I bought this hamburger meat. And if I want to make hamburger helper, that's what the fuck you gonna eat. So it is a thin line too with with you know expressing yourself you you do gotta uh especially as a kid when you're teaching a kid you you do gotta remember who the fuck pay the bills but i don't want to suppress those emotions so so much so that it takes you into well into your 30s to find out who the fuck you are emotionally and how to release those so expressing emotions uncontrolled i think that there's a way to control it. i think and i i strongly believe in therapy or getting you a best friend that can listen to you and a best friend where they hold you accountable and you can also hold yourself accountable that's a big one so let's define discipline that's a big word i love that word i'm going to use it so much over the course of this podcast discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Example, a lack of proper parental and school discipline. So the second uh, definition of discipline, a branch of knowledge, typically one study in higher education. Sociology is a fairly new discipline. So a verb. So those were nouns. Those were nouns. I want to make that very clear. Verb is what I'm talking about. Discipline 
is an action, something that you display every day. It is to train someone to obey rules or a code behavior. So that someone in that definition is you. Yourself. You're training yourself to work out. Takes 21 days to form a habit. So it takes discipline to do something every day that you're not used to or that you don't want to do. It takes discipline to get up, go to work. Man, it takes discipline to work a nine to five. I got some people in my family that refuse, absolutely refuse to do that. I mean, I'm just not going to do that. Well, I also don't got $40 for you because I take my stupid ass to work with my little stupid discipline. <laughs> you know, sidebar, who is actually right or wrong in that situation? Like, sometimes I look at homeless people and I'm like, they got to figure it out because they ain't going to work every day. Dealing with this stupid ass nonsense, they still get to eat. Sometimes every now and then they don't have a warm place to stay, but most of the time they do. And they good. They still live in life, especially the the uh homeless people living by the beach. I think they really got it figured out. Like, bruh, what the fuck are we doing going to work every day? But anyway, let's get back on topic. This one is a learned behavior, diet, exercise relationships loyalty um huge red flag with emotional discipline is when you don't have any of those you're overweight your diet's horrible you're falling out with people around you and you're loyal to everybody you're loyal to the highest bidder you're loyal to uh, you, you got eight boyfriends, you got eight girlfriends, you're loyal to, to whoever sound good today. Um, you probably don't have a lot of emotional discipline. <laughs> I see a few people like that. I see a few people. I mean, hey man, get it how you live. Um, that does not call for a very long life though. I feel like that's, that's a very short life. Either you're going to run up on the wrong person. Like I said that, you know. Got their assault rifle in their car because you you uh, your emotions are uncontrolled, or you're gonna stress yourself out trying to please everybody. So I've talked about that for 26 minutes, and I think that's a really uh self aware topic. That's not even something that we could talk about. That's just something that self aware, self accountability. That's just something that. You personally have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you have your emotions in control? Do you want them in control? Um, do they need to be in control? That's something that you probably do have together in your life that the person next to you doesn't, but they got something else together that you don't have. Uh, that doesn't, that definitely doesn't make me perfect because I can control my emotions. Like I said, I'm actually learning how to express myself just a little bit more. Speak up for myself just a little bit more. Not that I've ever been a punk because I ain't a punk. Tell you that right now. But I will fall back. And it, it'll just get real quiet. Just y'all hear that? Yeah, I just, I just feel bad. Like that's that's listen. Train finna argue with nobody over nothing. Let me tell you that. 
That is my key to not having wrinkles on my face at 37. We is not finna argue. We not. Uncle David taught me. <laughs> my Uncle David taught me, honey. Like, we are not about to argue. I'm still gonna live my life. Uh, You're not gonna control me, and we're not gonna argue. Those are just my two rules of life. And... You know, I could probably, you know, address a few things so that I'm not totally um, alone in life, I guess. And I I have learned that. Like I said, 2017, I've definitely learned like, hey, I don't like this. You were wrong and I was wrong for what I said. And let's come together, agree to disagree and move forward. So that was a good trait. That was a good trait to add to my emotional stability and I'm still working on it so I do want to ask this question on my social media and on this podcast what does I love you mean what does I love you mean so I have this story with uh, my life partner Ken when we first moved in together um, you know it's, this is the perfect part of relationships we first moved in together june was a uber baby he wasn't a baby but he was um like five or six maybe and uh this is a perfect part of the relationship like i said and we were ken and i were exchanging i love you i love yous at this point and june was in the room and he was like i love you june and june gave his look (laughs) i should have recorded this (laughs) June gave this look and he looked at me. He said, I love you, mommy. And he left the room. Yo, when I tell you, I fell out the bed laughing. That was funny. And Ken's a Pisces. He was a little bit like, damn, that kind of like, damn. Like, (laughs) he was a little bit hurt from that. Just a little bit. And. I had to, you know, hey, man, my son ain't got to say that. If he, if he don't feel it, he don't feel it, man. That's just, that's how life should actually be. Why are we walking around telling people we love them and we don't really mean it? Because I'm not going to say it unless I mean it. I think the Kardashians were saying that at one point. Love you, mean it. Like, why, why do people say that and they don't mean it? Like, mm. so what does I love you mean? To me, and I'm not going to get into it, this episode, maybe this will be the next lifestyle episode. I love you to me is not shown these days. That's what I will say. It is said arbitrarily. People say I love you as a form of conversation. People say I love you as a form of control. People say I love you. Just to go through the motions. But I'll take the stuff further. Because I know there's somebody in my life when they say it to me that they mean it. But it took me a second to realize they love a part of me. They don't love the mom. They love the supportive tray. Because we all have different parts of us, right? We all got pieces to our pies. And uh, they love the supportive tray. They love the... Instagram tray, they love the I'll be there for you no matter what tray. 
that was the deep one that actually hurt me because when it came to, okay, let's reciprocate this. It was like, dang, I'll reciprocate it because I love you. And it was like, oh, wow. Well, that's kind of like blackmail, emotional blackmail. You going to do this because you love me? I will never say that to you. Um, I think I thought that that goes without saying. And it took me a second to realize, damn, this person ain't told June happy birthday in 15 years. This person ain't got June a birthday gift. Um, do they even know they probably is June, June real name? Like, do they even know that that's his nickname? Like, (laughs) I had to really like sit there for a second and think like, wow, this person loves a part, a portion of me. And here's my voice of reason. Maybe this is the only portion that I've shown this person. Um, I thought that, you know, common sense would show you that. I'm a mom and common sense. I mean, I ain't never hid my son from nobody. So common sense will show you that I do a lot of things with my son. I move around with my son and we're attached by the hip. And the only reason why we're not attached by the hip anymore is because he is old enough to stay at home by himself. And I, I am free to do certain things on my own. But the whole time I've known this person, it's pretty much been my son's entire life, I've made a way to be there for that person. And that's what they love about me. So what does I love you mean? Um, I'm 37 and I'm figuring it out because I know what it means to me. But am I showing people only one side of me and that's why they love me? Um, Am I only loving one side of other people? That's... Man, that's what that accountability that, ooh, that was a deep one. I had to really sit down and think about that in the relationships, the relationships in my life and say, man, am I only loving one side or one, two or three pieces of they complicated ass pie? I'm going to ask that on Instagram. What does that mean? And hopefully when I post that on Instagram, this is published and people can give me a detailed meaning. And even if, even if you don't, even if this is well after, you can email admin, A-D-M-I-N, at picturemeliving.com. The website is picturemeliving.store. The website, I'm sorry, website, picturemeliving.store. And the email admin at picturemeliving.com. You can email there. You can DM me at Tracery, T-R-A-C-H-E-R-I. That's going to be an ongoing one. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to run that topic right back. I'm going to put that on hold to maybe like episode 35. (laughs) And we're going to revisit this. What does I love you mean? That's been on my mind for a few months now. Let's talk about it. See y'all next episode.